If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As promised, we are here. Special edition episode. It's a tradition at this point, Drew. You come on out on after every fight, and we're so happy to have you. Trey couldn't make it, but I'm here, and that's okay. Because uh, really, it's just me. It's Beauty and the Beast every time. It's just me and a, another good-looking dude on the other side. What's well, going on, man? Trey, Trey's not here. Uh, he yeah. usually brings down the show anyways. So. <laughs> he most certainly uh, does. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know. Dealing with some black eyes, you can barely see my eyeballs in this interview. But, bro, I think now would be the good time for a Batman cosplay. You've got like the perfect sort of Dark Knight look going on right now. I know, right? And I, got, I literally just got done watching the new Batman last night, so I was like, "Yep, kind of looking like just like that." So I haven't seen it yet. Give me a give me a review. What did you think of the new Batman? Um, I liked the, uh, like the thriller eeriness, you know, they were going for like the, the seven vibe and, okay. uh, man, I, I think it was really, really fun. Cause to me, like, that's what Batman is all about. It's about like that dark eerie detective and stuff like that. Uh, man, it was, yeah, overall, I thought the, the movie was really good. I don't think it was like the best movie, but I think it was done well. At a potential to uh, either make or break some fan base here. Who's your favorite Batman? Who is my favorite Batman? Yeah, who was your favorite Batman? Oh, God. I don't know if I picked a favorite. Honestly, I'm Keaton uh, guy. God, what's his face? Uh, Edward Twilight. <laughs> Rose oh, Robert yeah. Pattinson, River. yeah. He actually played a really good Batman. I was a little worried in the beginning, but uh, uh, I liked his character. He didn't do like the weird raspy voice or anything right. like. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think he did a really good job. So as of right now, maybe it's just because I just saw it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's my favorite. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's talk about something else that happened recently. Obviously, you were in a fist fight Saturday night. Uh, a stat that you're probably aware of, but if you aren't, nineteen fights under the Zufa banner without being knocked down, came to an end on Saturday <laughs> night. Now, the only person that remains above you on that list is one Max Blessed Holloway. So you're you're in rarefied air there. Um, I mean, where is that, was that, is that a stat you're aware of? Did I just did I give you something you didn't oh, know? Oh, no, I, I, was, I was completely aware of that stat, and it was kind of a backhanded compliment. I was like, <laughs> man, you, you can take punches off that chin, and you proved it numerous times <laughs> uh but man, no, man the more times you roll the dice the better chance you're gonna get a snake eyes and so man I, i'm not here for a seamless and a perfect record i'm here to have fantastic fights well let me ask let me ask you this <laughs> it's not, i didn't mean it to be a backhanded compliment damn it all right so the first so the fight starts obviously terrence comes comes out like a you know bat out of hell which we knew he would the first knee, were you off balance? Like that, was that, that, did, I watched the fight several times. Did that one connect? 
was, um, was the first it, knee? It connected a little bit. I felt yeah. like it was more like a jab. But uh, the way he threw it, and then when I grabbed it, I was, like, knocked off back. Right. So I was falling backwards, but, like, both my hands were, like, on his leg for some reason. And our coaches and I have been talking about this. Like, why are we grabbing his leg? Right. But I'm grabbing it, and then that's when he, like, landed two flush hooks to my mouth. Yeah. And then, of course, dropped me. And so yeah. I'm like, I need to quit trying to grab legs. I don't know <laughs> what I was trying to do. Right. So obviously we've got a little bit of cosmetic damage. We've had a couple of days now. The adrenaline's worn off. Everything's, you know, sort of back the baseline. Do we feel relatively healthy outside of that? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not experiencing any extreme symptoms, but we can safely assume that I got a concussion after those uh, two shots that landed. Sure. So we're just going through the motions that, uh, you know, I, I sustained a concussion. So, you know, we're kind of just going through that protocol of like eating supplements and then uh, training wise, just so that way my brain can heal. So that way we can keep on keeping on. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. I, as a person who's had a couple, well, I mean, I'm sure you've had way more concussions than me. So this is not an attempt to relate to that, but I've had, I've had a few concussions. My giant head has been bashed around quite a bit, man. It's nothing to play with. So be sure to take the time to recover. I don't think I've had a ton of concussions. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't train like an idiot. And so the only, the only chances I can get a concussion are like three days out of the year. And uh, very rarely do guys in the UFC give me concussions and so i feel like this is a rare situation in which i'm trying to treat it there you go there you go so you're in a we're, we're in a unique little spot here it's date night right is this the first celebratory dinner post fight or what do we got going on tonight yep yep first uh, celebratory I'm, I'm out with friends a really close friend of mine uh so they finally get to see me post fight and uh now i can actually enjoy like wine and food and yeah it's it's usually a big thing when i can finally eat again Right. So what's what's on the menu for tonight? Like what is a, a post victory meal consist of? Obviously cop- oh, copious amounts of wine, but what else? Oh yeah, like big fat piece of steak, some red wine, and uh I mean that's generally it. <laughs> like I'm a right. I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy. So you give me a good cabernet and a big piece of steak, like that I'm all about it. All right. So now here's a good question is that how do you how do you eat your steak? Are you like a rare, medium rare? Like, do you use the number system? How do you grade your steak? And then what? How, how are we finishing this off here? It's, it's got to have a warm red center. So mm-hmm. I, I got that medium rare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Depends on like the kind of steak I get. If it's like a flame mignon, like you keep that closer to rare. But if there's like a bone on it, or if it's mm-hmm. like marbled, then we can aim closer to medium so that we get that that fat uh, rendered. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's I gotta see a little bit of moo in it. Yeah. Now, are we churching it up? Are we doing like the garlic, the butter, the thyme, or are we just like a straight S and P kind of guy? I think I'm a straight S and P kind of guy. I like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like tasting the meat. And so Let's when you see. throw like the, the Baronets and like all that sauces on it, I'm like, you're, you're ruining it. Know, <laughs> just, just give me it plain. Oh. One of the th- one of the things I wanted to talk about that I, I was happy to see happen. Obviously I wanted to see you win. Of course um, we've been banging the war drum, every, you know, every week, whether you're fighting or not, we're trying to tell people to tune into your fights. Uh, but you have been talking about since the first time you came on the show fighting Bobby Green. So it was this very cool thing to see come to fruition. Microphone in face. What do you want next? And you're like, I want, I want Bobby Green. You took you took it out. Has has any have you heard any sort of discourse, any communication on that that call out? Oh, whatsoever? yeah, no, yeah. Bobby and I are doing it. 
Oh, uh, we, yeah, we've been we've been talking like we've we've left the UFC out. Oh, okay. Uh, Bobby and I have been chatting, and um, before he was scheduled to fight Islam, he asked me if I wanted to fight in March, and I was like, ah, unfortunately, I already got a fight scheduled in March. Mm-hmm. And then he picked up that fight with Islam, and so we, we like him and I were like, we're we're running it. I mean, it's 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 happening. And so now on the mic, I let the UFC know that oh. we're both ready. <laughs> I got so, so it's not about a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Right. And uh, Bobby's going to let me know when he's available. I'm going to let him know when I'm all healed up, ready to go, because we're going to make it fantastic. Do you, would you prefer in a situation like this, because you're coming off of, I, I think you, we can probably safely say you've entrenched yourself as a fan favorite fighter based on your style with the, all of your fights previously, and now the the Riddell fight, and now the McKinney fight. I mean, we we can say that. And then Bobby obviously has his own sort of following. Would the two of you prefer, since you're in cahoots on this, to wait for a card that like sort of spotlights you more, or do you want to wait till like a an international fight week event shows up where you can be on a massive card and be part of that? Which would you prefer? Uh, me personally, I would love to like open up the show. Like I love like an international fight week, pay-per-view, you know, tons of people. And uh, I, I would love to have that, uh, the opening bout or like that featured bout position to where, you know, we're here to make things exciting. Kind of like uh, similar to Gaethje and uh, Michael Chandler. Right. Just, just open up the show. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that'd be what I'd be into. Yeah. Which is so funny. Cause you watch, you, it's so funny. You said the Gaethje Chandler thing. Uh, my wife is not big into fights, but, Obviously, I told her that, you know, you fought on Saturday and won. She was very excited. I said, you got it done in the first round. So she's like, oh, I'll watch that fight. So I showed her your fight. And she's like, I just can't believe that. I mean, how, how you know, and she was very ex- excited. And I said, well, you should see who Drew trains with. And I put on the, the Chandler Gaethje fight. And to she goes, I actually like Drew's fight more. And I was like, well, why is that? And she's like, she's like, well, he finished him. So if nothing else... <laughs> You got, you got some brownie points there. Dude, I think it's just hilarious how uh, um, what a coincidence is that Justin Gaethje and I train on the same team. We are pretty much like identical fighters. He's probably more athletic than I am. Right. But, uh, man, it's just like to have him in the same room as me all the time, it's so motivating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, a question from Brian here. How do you plan on beating Bobby on the feet or grappling? I don't think there's going to be much grappling involved. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I love throwing hands, and so does Bobby. And uh, man, when when things get heated up, I think him and I are going to start trading. But um, but however, I am working really hard at being a more uh, versatile fighter, and so I might I might play with a little bit of uh, grappling, but more so to probably get his hands tired, so that way I can get right back to the feet. I want to ask you about your grappling because one of the things that we saw on Saturday night, which I was hoping that we wouldn't see, but we did see it. You were pretty aggressive off the back, man. Those elbows that you were throwing like were, did some damage. You knocked his mouthpiece out. And I swear for a second, it looked like you threw your hips around like you were thinking about an arm bar. Did I imagine that? Nope, nope. That's okay. exactly the spot. Yep. So I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, and I've right. always loved jiu-jitsu. But I don't think you've noticed, but my body doesn't emulate a snake. Like I, I'm like an armadillo. Like I'm, I'm not throwing up arm bars or triangles. Yeah. 
uh, proficiently. So we kind of had to take a step back. But um, with my fight with Islam, and I think we've talked about, was I need to be more offensive off my back. Mm-hmm. And that was just, uh, you know, a small example of what we've been training, which is, you know, I'm going to light you up like some horizontal Muay Thai. Like, I'm going to hit you with elbows. But, yeah, we're, we are uh, really focusing on, like, a submission game, too, just to kind of keep people in check. Sure. You know, because <clears> – <throat> you shouldn't feel safe by putting your forehead in my chest and just chilling. So I gotta, I gotta make sure you're hurting a little bit. And then, so that way I can look my way back to the feet. Yeah. So anytime I watch fights, most of the time I stay standing. So I'm standing yelling at the TV while you're fighting and you, you started landing those elbows from the bottom. And I was like, Oh, those have some bad intent on them. And then you knocked out his mouthpiece. And I was like, you know, a lot of four letter words came out and I was, then you threw the hips around and I was like, fucking rip his arm off. Let's go. I'm screaming. So so in, in in detail, uh, like play by play in this fight, like he cracked me and, uh, man, like the legs went numb and we had an issue, but I've been there before. So it was like, it never took me off guard. So I was like, ah, this is going to be one of these kind of fights. So I was was watching his eyes and I was watching his demeanor, just kind of like, all right, where is he at? How is he taking this? Right. And, uh, man, he was going nuts. I felt like he was button mashing, just throwing every button out there. And then I started feeling and, and seeing the fade. So when he did take me down and I pulled full, full guard to kind of like rest a little bit, then I noticed that he needed the rest more than I did. And then I was like, all right, I got to keep him busy. Sure. So that's when I was throwing the elbows. I, I was uh, threatening the submissions. I was trying to get him to like react to many things. Right. So then I, when I popped up back to my feet, like I could just see him like dwindling. And uh, yeah, then that was my time. I love it. I love it. I, I did hear you say to somebody else that whenever uh, Ricky Glenn pulled pulled out, and I think it's safe to say we've moved past the, the Rick Glenn fight, right? That's not something we're looking back at now. No. Okay. All right. Um, you did tell some people that, er, that there were a couple of names that were thrown out and Terrence's name popped out to you. Are you allowed to say any of the other names that were presented to you or is that a... Is that a no? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's the Demir... Oh, uh, Demir Hedsovic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he said uh, he, he would like to take the fight at a catch weight. Okay. And so, man, you got to throw credit to his name. He was willing to get in the mix. Sure. Uh, but, uh, man, we already put the the plan in to fight at 155. We wanted to do 155. And then, um, yeah, that Terrence McKinney fight was – there was more hype behind his name. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of what I want. I want more of, like, the excitement. And, you know, that Demir guy is really talented. I'd love to fight him with a full camp. But when it came to, a you know, a decision, I wanted the more exciting fight. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Demir's uh, claim to fame right now is Moicano choked him out. And at their end, at the end of their fight, I don't know if you saw it, and he said, well, I wanted to fight longer. And then Hitsovic told him, he said, well, you shouldn't have submitted me then if you wanted to fight longer. So, <laughs> so, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, would you rematch? I saw it. Would you rematch Terrence if he wanted it? And then obviously Kenny says you have the best chin in the UFC, which uh, we agree. I, I mean, like, if I'm going to be honest, uh, not like an immediate rematch. I, I feel like I was like, no need. I think, uh, I think Terrence – gathered some stuff that he can work on and i would like to see him like grow from it and start putting people away in the second and third rounds instead of just only fishing for the first and so uh do i want to rematch him no not really i want to like be a, a spectator for his next fight gotcha oh this is a great one was the up kick push the furthest you've ever thrown a human being absolutely not yeah we'll talk to all about that <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a conversation for a different time. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, that completely, that completely stole my train of thought there. I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, I, I, every time you come on, um, cause we want to be respectful. I know you got to go get, get something to eat. Um, give you opportunity. Obviously we love team elevation here and you love team elevation. You guys went four and oh on Saturday night, right? I mean, that's got to feel good. What's the atmosphere in the gym coming back? Oh, fantastic. Team elevation. Um, you know, we kind of had our rough, what would be a rough 2021 and, uh, we made some significant changes and not just in like in my camp, but like the team overall, like we had to make some adjustments and, uh, you know, the room looks different, but looks, uh, better. And uh, people are just motivated. And uh, come, uh, was it March 28th, we got Neil Magny and Curtis Blades fighting in Columbus. And, uh, man, it's it's looking real good uh, on the mats at Team Elevation. So um, if anyone's interested and wants to come out and hang out with us, Denver, Colorado, like, come, come and hang out. You know, that's, Trey was out there a couple weeks ago, and he had whatever that, I don't know, that rash thing that you get from jujitsu or whatever. He had some sort of thing. And he's like, he's like, man – He's like, I feel like I should, we should, I should reach out to Dover and see if he wants to roll. He's like, but I can't, he's like, I just don't, I don't want anybody to touch me with this stuff. And I was like, don't be scared, man. Just don't be scared. Let yeah, him know. I'd much rather not have his like skin STDs on me. So I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> uh, he would have been heartbroken if you'd have told him no. So it's just good that he just imagined <laughs> in his mind that you would have told him no. I got to play hard to get. I mean, that's probably why you know he wants to. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you said Neil's coming up or Neil's fighting in Columbus. Uh, obviously that's a, that's a massive fight. I know as you, I know he's like your, your best bud, so you're not going to say anything negative, but what can we expect? I mean, what are you seeing from him? What can we expect out of the Columbus fight? A finish? I mean, obviously the pace is relentless. The output is, is second to none. I mean, can we, what, what can we expect out of Neil? I, I just feel like just drowning, you know, like I, Neil so drowns drowning. people, like yeah. Neil drowns them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like he's not, he doesn't even care about the finish. He just wants you to be miserable for 15 minutes. And, uh, he makes us miserable in the gym for 30. So right. I know he's capable of three rounds. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, he'll puts on that pace and doesn't let up. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Last thing before we let you go, I know you got to walk back. We've got Bobby green coming up next. We're pushing for a main pay-per-view opener. In the meantime, between now and then, obviously, we're taking time to rest. What is – what's something – what's your big takeaway from this McKinney fight? Like, what was your sticking point? Obviously, we had the leg grab thing that we were talking about. But, I mean, you learned a lot in three and a half minutes, I'm sure. What's the takeaway and what are we focusing on moving forward? You know, we made some big strides in the camp. Um, uh, not to go like super deep in it, but man, we were talking about the definition of enough, how much mm. is enough. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had a nasty habit of exceeding that. And then of course, sabotaging my, the rest of my camp, my whatever. So we've been, we've been reaching enough and not exceeding it and just kind of maintaining it for eight weeks this is the most energy that I've had in a training camp. Same thing with my nutrition, the weight cut went super smooth. And, uh, and then uh, on top of that, being able to react and not predict like we're okay. reacting to obstacles and we're not trying to predict obstacles and we were putting it in practice. And then all of a sudden Ricky Glenn gets injured and uh, I was like, all right, well, we, we got to do this. And then Terrence uh, McKinney shows up and then I had the third, the, the, the first 30 seconds, like I did, but all of it was all just reaction. Like I'm in the game. I got to do what is enough. 
and then conserve the rest of the energy and then uh, just react to everything he's throwing at me. Now, as far as improvements go, I'm going to keep those going. But, um, you know, I think um, cutting angles quicker and then maybe being more more like Terrence in the first 30 seconds. Not so much going like gun in the kill, but sure. being more energetic in that first minute instead of just letting him like step into me. Right. Um, so on top of like where we just react instead of predict, but we also want to initiate the dance and not just respond to their dance. Sure. So man, there's, there's so much growth that we can be taken um, with what the three and a half minutes that we had. Right. Um, but uh, man, uh, the coaches that I work with at team elevation, uh, we, we've got such a great plan, you know, putting things together. So now it's just for me, it's execution and time. I got to keep executing it for more than just, you know, eight weeks. Sure. Absolutely. One of the things that I've always appreciated about our conversations, and maybe one of these days we'll, we'll take a more long form approach to it is like your cerebral approach to things. And there's just as much philosophical approach as there is physical approach when it comes to fighting. I, I love the idea of how much is enough, which, which is great. Um, and, you know, I can't help but think some of that probably comes from Elliot. I mean, seeing him, you know, I, I, just having consumed so much of his content, I, that, that guy is just a, a workhorse when it comes to motivation and how the mind works. Uh, I know I said that last question was going to be the last one, but is there is there something you're doing outside of the gym as far as personal growth goes? You know, podcasts, books, anything like that, you know, focusing on meditation, anything, anything new in the mix or anything? You're yes, yes, on? yes. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's new. Right. But, right. Um, I, I started reading a book, I uh, think like a monk. Okay. And it, it's making some uh, pretty profound uh, thoughts um, just, and then okay. just now being able to practice it. And I think when it comes to training your mind, I think the hardest thing is the practice ever, everyone. And I feel like, you know, me included, you know, you read something awesome and then you're like, all right, I'll just do that the next time. Mm. Right. But it's like, it's like trying to like, you know, squat once every like two years yeah. you know it's like i'll just pick it up when i need to right but, like you got to put it in practice so meditation yes mindfulness yes uh reading books um i do a, a gratitude thing in the mornings so okay. I'll, I'll state my gratitudes and uh you know and it's never consistent it's like you have good days you have bad days i feel fatigued on hungry or i feel great and so man there's it's it's learning, but also it's always implying, like implying what you're like practicing to through different obstacles, right? Some right. days it's sunny, some days it rains, some days you can't go outside, or a crazy pandemic hits, and like it's just just being grateful, mindful, meditate, and read through the thick and thin. I love it. I love it. All right, I'm gonna be mindful of your time. I'm gonna let you go <laughs> eat some dinner with some friends and some loved ones. Um, this is one of the coolest things. I mean, obviously, I tell you all the time we appreciate you having or appreciate having you on. But you were just in a fight on Saturday, and you come on the show, win, lose, or draw each time. I'm going to ask you and lock you on for the the post Bobby Green fight. I mean, can, can we just go ahead and pencil that in that follow? That's what for pre Bobby Green. Okay. Well, yeah, of course pre. I in post. Okay. Fair <laughs> Fair yeah, get me for both, and then if you get bored. Okay. So there's, there's, there's three obligations right there. I so. <laughs> Miranda Maverick's part of your part of team elevation. Now we just had her on the show recently. And um, one thing that she did was she called her shot. She told us 
that she was going to submit uh, Sabina Mazzo and then went out there and did it. Now, on the show, she told Trey, you're on the hot seat. I'll come back and I'll take the seat whenever I want from you. Um, so then she called her shot, which essentially put her down in history as far as Punchless Nation is concerned. Um, obviously, this chair is yours whenever you want it. You come by uh, whenever, you know, just ask for the link. We'll send it to you and you can come in whenever. I I appreciate you big time, man. I really do. I appreciate the time you spend with us. And it's not just lip service. It, it means a lot to us and appreciate you you taking the time out of your day and your life. Seriously. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy our conversations. I enjoy your podcast. And, uh, man, you, you hit some uh, some quality questions and you have some quality content in which I see that people are uh, mimicking. But, um, <laughs> but uh, man, I don't, as always, man, it's not hard for me to come on your show because it's so quality. Bro, that just – it can't – oh, my God. I'm going to blush for the rest of the episode. You have no <laughs> idea. I've been so fired up about – anyway, I'm not going to get into that. It was pretty close, though, right? It was pretty close. Very strange. I mean, almost identical. Almost but. identical. Very coincidental how that can happen 14 hours apart. Anyway, um, say hi to all your people for us, man. We, we appreciate you big time, and thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Talk to you all guys. Right. All right, buddy. We'll see you, man. All right, so now we're going to switch things up a little bit. We've got a couple minutes till Trey hops on here. So I'm going to go ahead and take this thing off, and you're going to – oh, my gosh, it's so wild to see. Let's see. Can we take Dober's tag off there, Jake? Outstanding. So as as stated previously, um, we, we full and wholeheartedly believe to be uh, that Drew Dober is one of the best dudes on the planet Earth. And – I mean, he just, he's literally team punchless for life. So I, I, I absolutely love talking to that guy. Um, it's weird, right? Because some, so much of what we do here is based on like breaking down the fight, trying to bet on it and asking fight related questions. And I know sometimes that's what people want to hear and talk about. Right. But like to, to steal the thunder from a guy like Rogan. Rogan does it right in the sense that like, I want to talk to you about other stuff that's not the fight, right? And it takes a minute to get there and you can't rush into a conversation like that. So like when I talk to Dober, I want to talk to him about what he's reading and what he's doing outside the gym and where they, where he came from and, and, and his life growing up, because that's like a, that those are the, the questions for me that are super interesting. Um, and stuff that I want to know, but also you just got in a fist fight in front of a million people. I also want to talk about that too. Um, and like a half hour is just so fast to do something like that. Um, uh, but all the same, he still makes time. I mean, the guy's literally at his post fight celebration dinner and walked away from a table of fam family and friends to talk to us. So it doesn't get cooler than that. It really doesn't get cooler than that. Um, and then we're literally going to go from the height of cool to probably whatever this is. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, well, I'm a little pissed off, Brad. <laughs> Why are you mad? A couple things. Actually, two things. Two okay. massive things. Um, okay. One, caught the end of your interview. You or Dober, none of you popped your shirt off the entire interview. Are you, are you joking me right now? Are you it's kidding true. me? Uh, he, he was in a public place. And what does that say for you? I just, I'm, 
it would be unprecedented for me to take my shirt off on the show, but maybe I will. Maybe, maybe, maybe next time. Uh, maybe for the for the uh, Bobby Green interview, we'll see. Okay, well, I can forgive you for that. What I cannot forgive you is retelling the entire world that your boy had impetigo and could not roll. How dare you tell people of my skin issues, Brad? Literally, you said it on the show. I don't distinctly remember that. I, I know I was a couple cut waters deep, which also, by the way, your boy is ready to kick this podcast off. Get after it. Get after it. Let's go. Let's go. You uh, smothered my face that you were taking two beers to the dome last episode because I was a little under the weather. I'm going to get absolutely wasted this episode. I'm excited. I'm excited excited for you. All right. I'm glad you're here. Um, I think you'll be excited when you go back and you listen to Dober's uh, thoughts on the fight and what we we just talked about. I know you caught the tail end of it. Uh, But I am interested. You were pretty out of pocket on Saturday. We didn't talk a whole lot. on Saturday, right? That's fair. I don't think it was out of pocket, meaning I wasn't uh, conversing many uh, with our friends too much. Yeah. But I I was, I was present. I thought you were on a date night. No, no. Gosh. What do you think we can afford a babysitter? Babysitters are like 25 bucks an hour now. That's, that's actually, you know, what's crazy is I don't view that as, as a California price. That's like a, that's like the going rate. Is it really? So it's not like, if you don't want gas. some, if you don't want some cracked out like meth, like hippo watching your kid, yeah, twenty five bucks seems about right. Yeah, yeah, I know it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't trust really. I, I have a hard time trusting really anybody around my kid. Um, kids, uh, and then just some <laughs> rando. Oh, it's ba- it's like basically I'm paying you twenty twenty five dollars an hour to not inflict harm on my child. I'm good on that, man. I would just assume not go out on a date with my wife and just keep my keep my kid where i can keep eyes on him so it's not worth it i end up watching the baby monitor the entire time when we're on the date so it's like what are we doing here right right insane what uh what kind of cut water are you drinking uh tequila margarita but for those asking uh your boy has been on a different train he's doing this because he's looking to ramp himself up early but Cutwater has one called the tequila paloma it's kind of Ah. tequila infused with a, a type of soda water and it grapefruit. is fantastic. Oh, grapefruit soap water. That's right. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I'm just saying this just surely just throwing it out there for sheer knowledge. Um, if you, if any of you guys take uh, antidepressants or SSRIs, um, don't drink anything with grapefruit juice in it. It'll, it destroys your brain. Don't do it. Well, it makes you more depressed. No, it has some sort of chemical reaction. Um, something in grapefruit juice and like serotonin receptors hmm. uh, or uptake inhibitors, they do, they, it's not good for your brain. Oh, so, that's not good. Yeah. It's a weird thing that like a lot, like they don't tell you about. Um, and it's one hmm. of those things that's just, you should, people should know because hmm. everybody, not everybody, but some people take a little, little feel good, which is my transition into the depression uh, thing hmm. that was Khalil Roundtree's speech. Um, and then Sean Strickland's subsequent reaction to it. So, right. Um, 150 mile an hour catch up. Khalil Roundtree fought Carl Robeson. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, with the fury of a thousand suns, decided to just destroy uh, Carl Robeson and then gets on the mic and has a very heartfelt speech talking about um, depression, suicidal ideations, motivation from being overweight, this, that, and the other, hoping that he can make a difference in lives. After fight press conference says the same thing. 
um, Sean Strickland then takes to it and says, this guy's insufferable. He's a beta. This is gay. He's stupid. This is the dumbest thing ever. Nobody likes this guy. Um, and the MMA world seems pretty 50, 50 split on whether or not, um, Sean Strickland went too far or didn't go too far. So catch me up on all this. Khalil Roundtree, the fight, the speech, Sean Strickland, your thoughts go. I'm not a fan of Sean Strickland. I haven't been for a while now. I love that he's a wild card. He brings some eyes to the sport. He says what he wants to say, but dude, one thing I, I will say, we always say this when fighters, you know, be selective or try to be selective after your, after your fight with what you're going to say, emotions are running high. You end up word vomit a little bit. He might've done that, but you got to think he's been on an, an emotional roller coaster probably for the better uh, half of a year, you know, possible retirement in and out of the cage injuries, different living situations. He's had a lot on his mind. So um, while it was extremely vulnerable, Sean Strickland, like, dude, you're nothing better than a, I don't think you'll ever truly, truly be like a, a contender in the top 10. I think that you are. He's top 10 now. I know he is right now, but he got a little bit of the push, dude. And to be Ooh. honest, yeah, I don't think that Jack Hermanson warrants a significant, significant like rise in the rankings. The Jack Hermanson today, the Jack Hermanson today. Okay. All right. I'll go hot take for hot take tonight. I, I, I feel like you're just letting it rip, man. I feel like you're just letting him rip here. All right, so you don't I like think Sean he's a freaking. I think he's a bully baby, dude. He's one of those dudes that talks a big game. Like, I honestly believe if he rolled up to Luke Rockhold in the Ruka parking lot, like he said he was going to do, Luke Rockhold would rock his shit, dude. Wow. I don't think that – I think he's a. I think he has a shit ground game. I think he's got a good boxing stand game. He's very one-dimensional. And he will talk shit at the end of the fight when he already knows he has the fight in the bag. But he won't fight the way he talks from the onset of the fight. I think he's full of shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One of the one of the sentiments that I saw rolling around was that um, Khalil Roundtree fights like Sean Strickland talks how he fights. Like Sean Strickland acts like he's this killer that's capable of murdering people in the cage, but then he goes out there and he just jabs people for 25 minutes. Right. Like Khalil Roundtree went out there and broke a dude's leg and then just literally tried to like soccer kick Carl Roberson's lungs outside of his body. <laughs> I did. Put up or shut up. Let's yeah. go. Uh, Jake the Jabroni says, trade it and call Sean a piece of shit. And I can't believe it. Do you want to, you want to, you want to change it? You want to go back? I'm pretty sure I did. I think he was being sarcastic. You want to just throw it out there for good measure? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. There you go. <laughs> Here's how much how much to take a kick to the liver from oh, round three. Unbelievable. Well, you're choosing you're choosing death or a bunch of money, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean so I'd probably take it for 10 shares of GameStop. No, you, you <laughs> do it for 10 moon tickets. Wow. 10 moon tickets. Ten I'll tickets take a liver shot. Dude. Yeah. Awesome. Um, somebody said back one. I just want to go back real quick. We don't normally go back this far, but Matt, who is always in here for the live stream, posed the question that said green official. Um, if you catch the first part, Matt, if you go back and listen to it, uh, Drew said that him and Bobby had been, had verbally agreed to fight each other prior to Bobby stepping in in fighting Islam short notice. So after um, Bobby's ally, a Quinta win, um, or no, the Nazrat win, sorry, um, they had spoken about fighting each other next and had agreed to that. And then he stepped up and took the Islam fight and then wanted to fight again in uh, the 
in March and Drew's like, I already have a fight book. So we're going to look, they're going to look further uh, into it. Maybe international fight week, maybe sooner. We'll see. Um, quick, quick transition here. I see in the lobby, I see producer Jake. It looks like he's got a mustache. He kind of looks like uh, Bob from Bob's Burgers. Is is that his new thing? Yeah, uh, he's he almost has he has like the um, it's like a mustache and a goatee. He looks like the guy Fox Max from V for Vendetta. He's got like uh, a three he's got a three musketeers vibe going on. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, Papa Chuck. Oh, shout out to Papa Chuck. Um. Papa Chuck, you need to hit us up on Instagram and let us know uh, if you've got Venmo or Cash App because you won our our uh, beer money scavenger hunt last episode. So Papa Chuck was the first one to get the uh, get the scavenger hunt correct. So shout out Papa, Papa Chuck. Chuck, dude. Papa Chuck. Papa Chuck. All right, uh, we've got a UFC London card to break down. This this card will take place earlier in the day. For those of you that are into day drinking, now's your time to do it. This is your Super Bowl. UFC England cards are where it's at. Abu Dhabi cards, let's do it. So if you're a day drinker, this is this is what we live for. Um, get nice and turned up on a Saturday, right? So we're going to get after it. Volkov versus Aspinall. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I love this as a main event, but here's where we are. So we're going to make the best, uh, make do with what we've got, right? Did you say you were from London? Let's do it. What was that? That was good. I actually practiced that before I came on the show. That was my show prep. Hold on. Can you do it one more time? Oh, yeah. I Gladly. Did you say you're from London? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking so good. What what part of England is that? I don't know. Where they play Wimbledon and stuff? Where they play Wimbledon. Fair enough. All right. So uh, (laughs) what was your boy's biggest plays? For this weekend, for this past weekend, uh, mm. Maverick by sub was a great one. Um, and then we had back to back plus big money plus subs. Um, big plus, no, no, money no. Sub. he means for this coming weekend. Oh, for this coming weekend, yeah. Um, I don't know yet because I want to see what the prop lines look like. Looky, you got that 14.14 unit plus smirk going on, just throwing around Dude. like, oh, yeah, I was once a triathlete. Here's the thing, man, is that I am good at betting fights. And this this year has been mediocre. And I don't like mediocre. It's not something I'm I'm cool with. I no. you you know this. You talk to me every day. I hate being I hate mediocrity. I freaking can't stand it. I would rather suck than be mediocre. Like I I would rather be as shitty as humanly possible yeah. uh, than be mediocre. I want to be great or I want to be shitty. I cannot be lukewarm. I cannot be milk toast. I cannot be vanilla. I hate it. I hate it. Um, I, thought, I thought you were going to say hot dog flavored water, the Limp Biscuit thing you've been oh, saying bro. for the past couple of weeks. I, dude, I, listen, Limp Biscuits made a quick little turnaround, man. Little uh, dude, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored <laughs> water. Go back and listen to that album. There are there, classics on there, bro. Classics. There are. I'm, I will not discount that. I'm just, I, you know, every once in a while, those are worth revisiting. Um, <laughs> so great. Great comment. <laughs> Call the cops. Yeah. Well, all you had to do is radio the FBI van right down the street. I'm sure they knew. I'm sure they already knew what was going on. All right. Mm-hmm. So let me get this pulled up real quick. <clears throat> UFC London takes place this weekend. Oh, Trey Van Boskirk. I I would like to go ahead and say what my favorite play for this one is, but honestly, there are some lines here 
that I don't particularly agree with and some stuff that I want to see if it's going to move anymore before I touch it. Because my favorite play may not have been announced yet because the line may move in a way that I want it to move. And in particular, and I'll announce these fights as we get to them. Uh, Molly McCann's one of them. Arnold Allen's one of them. Mm. Um, the Jack Shore, Timur Valiev's one of them. Ooh. Corey McKenna and the Nathaniel Wood fight are all ones that I'm looking at where if I can get the right line movement, we might need to back up the truck. Ooh, you cheeky, cheeky bastard, as they say in London. What's the what's that? And then what is that? London. They they London. pronounce they pronunciate their D's. Enunciate. Gotcha. Pronunciate. I don't know if that's it. <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the one you're looking for. We might have to get back to that. We might have to get back. We'll circle right. back. First fight on the main card, <laughs> Jaw Herbert taking on Ilya Taporia. Taporia at 11 and 0. Jaw Herbert at 11 and 3. Taporia is a minus 440 here. Um, mm-hmm. Or minus 450, rather. Herbert come back at the plus 350. Did you see Taporia and Patty Pimblett sort of getting into it a little bit there? Yeah, what's it? What is it like with the Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor? Why is everyone throwing water bottles? That's like the new, like, pull a gun. You know what I mean? In his defense, in Patty Pimblett's fe- defense, it was hand sanitizer. He could have just been practicing COVID protocols. That could sting, though. In your eye, hand sanitizer? For sure. For sure. Brutal. Do you think – so here's a here's a question for you because I know you're, you're big into chemistry. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've seen Wedding Crashers, and he puts the teardrops into old boys' drinks. Right. Do you think hand sanitizer would have the same effect? I didn't think it was teardrops because or why would that do Eye drops. Eye drops. Sorry. Yeah, drops that doesn't make you poop your brains out. Eye drops in your drink? That makes you poop your brains out. It can kill you. No way. Yeah, there was a thing. There was a thing after Wedding Crashers came out. Some kids did it to like a high school kid and it killed him. No way. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like in that movie, it was some drugs she just took and dropped, or he he grabbed and dropped him in. But you're telling me that's a real thing. Like I go do that right now and tomorrow I'd be pooping my brains out. You could visine your cut water right now and you wouldn't make it to the end of the show. How is that an over the counter drug? Well, I mean, it's it's designed to like keep your eyes from getting dried out. Yeah, but my eyes and my mouth are so relatively close. Like, what if it, you know when you, I put enough in that it looks like I'm part of like some type of like The Shining or some shit, and it dribbles into my mouth? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. You have a big issue with stuff dribbling into your mouth. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. when it's up by your eyes. All right, Ilya Taporia here. Trey, is he is he a is he a prohibitive favorite? Can we bet him at the minus four fifty here? I think he walks through Jaw Herbert. So, right. are we looking at sub prop, KO prop, or are we putting him on a parlay, or all three? Yeah, no, I think we take him by sub. Let's sweeten that thing here. You know, Tapuria. Not only is he a, a fantastic black belt, I think the biggest worry I have is he is moving up a weight class for this fight and it is relatively short notice for him. So he has that wrestling style, but you know, moving up a weight class, short notice makes me a little bit nervous. Jaw Herbert's going to come in really strong on the feet. So is he going to be able to close that distance, utilize the wrestling, get it to the ground as quick as he normally would like? I don't know about that, but if in fact he does, because Jai Herbert does not have that good of takedown defense, I think he smothers him and finds the back little rear naked choke right there and gets it out. That's what I like. What 
what how short notice is it what was he who he was supposed short to notice fight. like two months not like crazy short not like a couple weeks okay but it is short notice yeah because jaw herbert was supposed to fight somebody else mike davis mm-hmm. and taporia stepping in there because taporia was supposed Correct. to fight mavzar right and then that fight fell apart right and mike davis fell out and now Ilya's stepping in. He must need paid. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, fun fact that Ilya by submission is only plus 110. Damn. Not taking that. Plus 110 for That's him ridiculous. by sub. Isn't that wild? That's insane. How do you think Vegas thinks this fight's going to end? <laughs> God. Just like writing on the wall. Hey, man, that's the, that's an easy plus money ticket to cash as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's a couple different ways that we can look about we we can look at this. Um, I like I like the fact that there's there's quite a few props out there. Um, you could look at like no round three start is a good one. Um, so that way, if it ends in the first two rounds, that's good. Um, you can do either fighter wins by submission. That's at plus one fifty. So that saves you. That gets you two. You know, sort of double chance. If you think Herbert's gonna somehow tap out Ilya Taporia, but you know, shit, you never know. What's his face? Fluffy Hernandez tapped out your boy Hadolfo. So anything can happen. I love how you say Hadolfo every time. Just one more time. Hadolfo. God, dude, it is. I feel like he's always wearing a robe. You know what always, I mean? Always, always, always. And then he just opens it up and there's just a hammer swinging. All right. Molly <laughs> McCann at minus 130, taking Luana Carolina. Molly McCann, 11 and 4. Luana Carolina at 8 and 2. Oh boy. Meatball, minus 135 favorite here on Luana. Coming back at a plus 115. This is an English fighter fighting in England in a matchup that's most likely going to stay standing. And Molly loves her some hands. Um, the only thing is, is that she's excitable and she throws everything really hard. And Luana has distance and can frame and does has good lateral footwork and can make Molly miss. And if she can make Molly miss, things can get spicy here. Um, So do we think that Luana is worth playing as far Mm -hmm. as an underdog play? Because, you know, Meatball, she's always been a very big supporter of our show. Um, Meatball loves the punchless boys. I don't think we I mean, can we go against her here? I feel like we have to show some loyalty here. I know we got to show loyalty. Hey, quick question though. Yeah. Um, I know you love, it's one of your favorite things outside of uh, a 10. Your favorite nickname is meatball yeah. Molly. It's a, um, a great name. You guys have Ikea's out there on the East coast. Yeah, man, for sure. hundred percent. You had a meatball from there. I have had some Ikea meatballs. Are they good? I think, I don't think they're bad. Okay. I don't think, I don't, yeah. Like, would it be a destination? Like, hey, no, like no, 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 no. Okay. No. So, so I, I mean, you know this. I mean, I grew up in the Northeast, which is immigrant country. There's plenty of good meatballs being made by. Every, I mean, like, right. well, Jake knows this. Producer Jake knows this. You go to, you know, the 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 Italian festivals or the Catholic festivals or, or any time a, a a church has a bake off or a sell off of anything like that, and they've always got just just you know, Grandma Nunzio's just her 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 gnocchi and everything, dude. I'm telling, it's just there's. Immigrant food, like, you know, some pierogies, bro, some kielbasa, all that, dude, just all of it. The borscht, the, <laughs> the fucking sauerkraut, dude, all of that, man. Give oh, me man. every just Eastern block. Just, I love 
that food, man. I love it. Anything with cabbage and mystery cuts of meat in it, I just I I will fucking eat pounds of it, bro. Jake cannot smile in the background without mustache. He will get arrested because he's licking his lips and he will get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. That's that mustache has got to go, dude. You Bob's burgers. No, I love it. I think it tickles. All right. So do we think me do we think Molly gets done here? I, do we show loyalty here? I mean look looking at this bite at this fight at face value, uh Carolina is is pretty cumbersome. She's pretty slow. Um yeah. and Molly, I think, will have the power advantage. She's not gonna have the physicality advantage, but she'll definitely be more powerful at the end of her shots. Um, and I think Luana will probably have better cardio. I mean, this is a pretty even matchup here. Uh, this is one of the ones, like I said, I want to wait and see how the week unfolds because I think I might get Molly at a better price as we get closer. I don't think this fight's going to move away. I think this might get closer. What do you think? I, I totally agree. I think the biggest worry is, will the length of Luana Carolina pose the biggest threat for Molly. Mm. Hopefully mm -hmm. it will actually for the first round and Molly will get frustrated and she'll go back to what she should do at the beginning of the fight, which is try and shoot in and wrestle. She'll be the more physical person. She'll be able to wrestle. She could get this thing to a, a women's decision if she wanted to, but she's mm. fallen in love with her hands and she could get actually put out. We want to Carolina. You gotta forget this is the chick that actually didn't put out, but put down Priscilla Cachoeira. Like she has power. She has sure. power. Sure. So, that makes me a little bit nervous, but hometown affair for Molly. She has the backup in wrestling. She can strike. She has some power. So I think the whole package, I got to go a little bit meatball on this. Yeah. I also don't like Luana Carolina because she beat Loopy. And if you beat Loopy Godinez, you're you're immediately dead to me. So why do you like Loopy, dude? It's the weirdest because, thing. Because she's crazy. She's so, she, dude, she's literally like a Wolverine unleashed on people. And you don't see women that are aggressive like that all the time. Mm. So mm. just throwing you it out go there. to college. It's true. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was too busy defending your freedom. <laughs> thank me for my service right now. Yeah. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, let me ask you this. Who's going to be the first English fighter to lose? Uh, you don't want me to say that because it'll make you cry in your mouth no. and you'll poop. No, who, who's who you think's gonna be the first? Because there's gonna one of them's gonna lose. Who's gonna lose? Who's gonna be the first? Jack. One? You think Jack Shore's gonna lose? Yeah, I agree with you. I really do. Oh wow. Okay, cool. You didn't yeah. send me your plays like you never do, and I didn't know. So you know what? We talked neat. about it, and I was so busy at work today, dude. All right, Gunnar Nelson taking on Takashi Sato. Uh, Sato stepping in here last minute, 16 and four. Gunnar Nelson, 17, five and one, making the comeback. He is a massive favorite here. Uh, minus 460, taking on Sato, plus 360. I mean this with all my heart. Do not bet on Gunnar Nelson to win this fight. Ooh. Don't. Don't. Okay. Explain. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with the fact that the last time that we saw Gunny Nelson fight uh, was 2019. Okay. Yeah, Fair. hasn't fought since then. Uh, he lost to Leon Edwards and Gilbert Burns prior Fantastic. to that. Fantastic. Uh, most recent win was against Alex Oliveira, and that came uh, the last time that – I don't think you had kids the last time – Gunny Nelson won a fight. I did not. Exactly. 
So now here he is, and he is minus 460. There's not a lot of people out there on the roster that Gunnar Nelson should be a minus 460 favorite against. Takashi Sato is no slouch. Uh, this is not a, just like a walk in the park uh, for him. I, I understand that, that Sato is, you know, taking this fight on short notice, and he he's coming off a loss to Miguel Baeza. You know, his most recent win was over your boy Jason Witt, who you love. Um, but... <laughs> You know, he's not a slouch. Are his wins within the octagon UFC caliber wins outside of the Ben Saunders win? I would say probably no, right? Um, but in five fights with the promotion, he's got losses to Bilal Muhammad and Miguel Baeza. That's not, you know, that's that that's not weak competition as far as people you're losing to. Um, Gunnar Nelson obviously has the better strength of schedule, but he hasn't fought in two years, and he's a new dad going oh, into this fight. So I, he is unplayable for me. Minus 460, two-year layoff, and a new dad. Oh, my God. Can't Did not him. know that. Wow. Can't touch him, bro. Cannot touch him. Yeah, I think Takashi Sato, I think what he struggles with most is kind of that late-round mauling um, from a wrestling attack. And I'm not, I don't think I'm going to really see that at a gunner. Um, I think it's going to be more so a standing affair. He's going to get the hometown lean, which is weird, though, because he's from Iceland. Last time I heard about Iceland was in Mighty Ducks 2. Um, don't really know where that is on a map, but it's not Caucasus Mountain Warrior. I know that because I post a beer with an Icelandic character on it, and you told me get geography lessons. So I was a little bit sure. frustrated there. It's true. Yeah, man. I think that Takashi Shato gets this thing done on the feet. I don't see him get putting Gunner out. Oh. He's definitely not going to sub him. Dude, if anyone's prone to sub, it is Takashi Sato. So I would think, as you'd look at his record, he's has numerous rear naked chokes, arm trials up against him. He's not good on the ground. He wilts in the second and third round. I like Gunner uh, standing with Sato, but I think Sato is going to throw out the volume there and probably get it done by points. Yeah, three out of three out of the four losses that Sato has on his record have come via submission. Mm -hmm. uh, Gunny is adept on the ground, clearly. If you're going to play him, play him by sub. I don't think he's going to knock him out. Right. Uh, Sato hasn't been knocked out in years. Uh, right. So I like Gunny by sub. Uh, I You can play him by decision as well. I just don't see it. I don't see it going that way. His fights are not one where decisions are really that likely um, in, in the sense that like he, he puts himself, he puts himself in position to either win or get finished. So, there, there is the, the probability there that we may see this thing end inside the distance. And inside the distance play outright might be worth stabbing at. Um, if we're looking at, you know, just trying to get creative with it, that's something that we might want to consider. Uh, that being said, let me pull the odds on that real quick. I'll tell you what we got. Um, if we go, let's see here. Uh, hey, while, while you're pulling yeah. that up, for those that are listening right now, I'm going to ask a quick favor. Hit no. the like button, please. Oh. Send a comment. I never oh. asked for stuff, but I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit of a I'm going to be a little whore right now. I'm just going to ask yeah. for stuff and I'm going to say, "Hey, give it to me, dude. I want to like, I want to comment. Do it. Do it. Do it, my friends." Okay. I can get on I can get on board with that. Um, I'm trying to find this doesn't go the distance one. I can't find it. Uh, oh, fight doesn't go to decision. Is it a minus two twenty five? So that that does not that does not bode well uh, on the minus money there. But we might be looking to throw that in a parlay. Yeah, that's okay. okay. That's all right. All right, all right. Next fight: Patty Pimblett, 
taking on Kazula Vargas. Vargas at 12 and four, Pimblet at 17 and three. Uh, big fan of producer Jake spelling it Bimblet. I love that. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good take on his name. Said Pimblet, Bimblet, <laughs> Patty Bimblet at the minus 450. <laughs> Vargas at the plus 350. Over on rounds is at one and a half. Um, all right. What's your take here? Because I know you thought that Patty didn't look very good against Luigi Vendramini. He didn't. Kazula uh, Vargas isn't a slouch. I mean, do we do we potentially see Patty Pimblett get upset here? There's no way. You can't think that. Dude. <laughs> Patty Pimblett is like, he's a character, dude. And I say that because, yeah, he's got the axe and he's got the bull cut. He's someone that puts on a stupid amount of weight in the offseason, mm-hmm. gets signed by Barstool Sports, has the limelight here domestic, doing a media tour. He's all shine, dude. But who's putting in the fucking work? Who's putting in the work, dude? Vargas is putting in the work. He's fighting the grinders. He's fighting the Navajo Native Americans, the bare-knuckle boxing, the Brock Weavers. Dude, he is cutting his teeth. Patty Pimlet, when you look and when he fought uh, Luigi Vendermini, he got clipped mm. a bunch of times. And it wasn't that type of clip where there's some fighters that are a brawling style and will get clipped and move forward and try and close the distance and fight in a phone booth. No, no, no. He got clipped and kind of did that like, like that. I, I like sniffed vinegar and I'm like fucking not sure where I'm at real quick mm. for a quick second. And then I came back to earth. Mm-hmm. I got some, you know, GMs, GME, went to the moon for a quick second, realized came it back. wasn't real and came back. That's what he did. He went to the moon, came back, and he's like, I'm back in a fight. I'm back in a fight. Just like you and me. We're in a fight. We're in a fight. I think Patty Pimblett is super rough around the edges. I don't think he's as well-rounded. Yes, he cut his teeth pretty significantly on the amateur series and took his time to come over to the UFC and was all primed and ready to go. But, dude, Vargas is a game player. He's what he's like. If he was Hawaiian, I'd say he's a Hawaiian scrapper. This is a guy that's going to go toe to toe. He's going to fight for your money at plus three fifty. Patty Pimlet has not shown me anything that that wants a minus four fifty. Can, can you say the same? Uh, well, Patty Bimblet, as far as I'm concerned, uh, right, me too, is his new name from here on out. Uh, no, I don't. I think minus four fifty here is a, a pretty rough line here. But th- I don't know what this opened at, but I imagine it saw quite a bit of action and pushed it quite a bit i don't love him at the minus 450 he did get caught in the vendramini fight that being said i think vendramini is a better opponent than kazula vargas is i'm not taking anything away from vargas and what he's capable of and he will come out there to fight uh but there is and and the ufc will do this from time to time and we see it more so with boxing so it's not like it's this thing I'm, I'm not saying anything you know no hot take no controversial thing here you give certain people winnable fights you want to see them win and you want to see them win in front of a crowd. Um, and, and in particular, their hometown crowd, you want to see them win a fight because that's how you bring in the next generation of merch buyers and ticket buyers and people that are flying from London to Vegas to see you headline a UFC pay-per-view. That, that's how you sell those things. You hype the shit out of them. Right. This is part of the reason why Leon Edwards wins 15 fights in a row and doesn't get a title fight because yeah. he did not get this kind of push. He didn't get this kind of, you know, gas in his tank. They won't do Patty Pimblet like that. They're going to give him fights where it's going to position himself to be a star 
really. They gave him a very winnable fight against Vendermini, who he was much larger than. They gave him a featured spot on a fight night card in the Apex where it they allowed him to talk on the microphone for 15 minutes after his fight, That's after put, putting on a thing. Let him get every sound bite in the world, and then they're going to let him fight in London. He's The place is going to explode. Right. It's going to explode. He is tailor-made to win this fight and should win this fight. Patty Pimblett, KO. Somebody's going to shit the bed on Saturday night. I don't believe it to be Patty. I, I, I just don't. I think this is designed. Vargas will be there as a target, ready, willing, and able to be a sacrifice. You know, not to say he's taking a dive, but he's there to get killed. Um, yeah. He's there to be hurt, and Patty will oblige him. I agree with it. I agree with it. I just, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay minus four fifty. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Not gonna uh, do it. Better hair, Patty or Semmelsberger? Mm. I like Patty's because he looks like a pumpkin. Patty's got the worst cut, but Semmelsberger has like that. Semmelsberger has hair like a dog, like where you'd have to like dig down to like be able to find skin. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like, like I have a golden retriever, bro. You can't get into her deep enough to like see her skin. Like right. there's just undercoat and everything else. That's how a guy like Semmelsberger is. He's essentially waterproof with that yeah. hair. Yeah. When I think dog haircut, I, I know mullets are a big thing, but like Ricky Simone's got a very dog like haircut. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I know what Ricky Simone smells like without ever being around him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like moist. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit moist. Like it, he smells almost like a, it's it, he smells like the guy at a public pool who puts on a cologne that you've never smelled before. Right. Right. Yeah, you know Vegas I mean? so pool like, party. Yeah. Yeah, there's like there's like a hint of wet to it, but yet like you're you're also like is there freshness there? Oh, that's very strong. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. There's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've smelt that before. It's kind of the it's kind of what do they call it? The uh the Armenian shower. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That was in trouble. No, um, no, no, there's there honestly, I think there's about eight different like I, I think honestly, I think it depends on who your nationality hates more, determines what kind of shower you call it. Right. Right. So it could be the Armenian shower. It could be the Irish shower. It could be what I'm mean, just whatever your yeah whatever your speed is. But yes, yeah. the the idea is, is 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 exactly the same. All right, Arnold Allen taking on Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker at 21 and 11. Arnold Allen at 17 and one. Minus 120 on Arnold Allen. Dan Hooker to plus 100. Over under on two and a half. I want to give you guys a little nugget. And I know that you guys know this already because people that listen to our show are the smartest MMA fans out there, um, that, which is why we enjoy your company so much. Start telling people that this isn't Dan Hooker's featherweight debut because there's a whole <laughs> legion of troglodytes out there that are saying that Dan <laughs> Hooker is making his featherweight debut. And this ain't it. Dan Hooker fought at 145 before he fought at 155. Okay, so everything from 145 to heavyweight, Dan Hooker's fought. So if Dan Hooker decides to step in short notice and fight, uh, you know, Pavlovich on Saturday, you can't even say that this is Dan Hooker making his heavyweight debut because he's fought there before. So there, just feel free to correct people on that. Okay, just let them know. Just let them know. 
All right. Now, Dan Hooker, in my opinion, had a lot more success at featherweight than he did uh, lightweight. So I look forward to seeing him back there. I don't believe it, it's his natural class, but if he can make the weight, he's a big problem in that division. Now, he's the problem is he's fighting Arnold Allen. And Arnold Allen, uh, probably the quietest eight-fight win streak in the promotion right now, and he's right. a problem. Right. Uh, the only other problem that follows him is that he is incredibly inactive. But right. he is just a – he's a bad, bad man. Um I look forward to this because the durability of Hooker, I think, is going to lend him well in this fight. We have a potential for a dogfight here, and I think the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Dan Hooker. I really do. I think it favors him. If we can get past the first seven and a half minutes, I think it's Dan Hooker's fight to lose. This Dan Hooker's record, just talk about just my brain is about to explode, dude. Mm. Because... His losses are against the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop, dude. Like the best. Yeah. His wins are against dog shit. Sub-level competition. Yeah. Sub-level competition. Yes. yes. So there's no medium. There's no like uh, a test uh, test of like, oh, in between. No. It's either you're losing to the best of the best or you're beating the worst of the worst. Hmm. Not worst of worst. Subpar. But – I don't have a barometer, Dale. I'm I'm absolutely confused here. And Arnold Allen, on the other hand, poses somewhat, I think, of a threat for what was Dan Hooker in many of his fights, but against the best of the best, the wrestling component. Dan Hooker's length, reach, his striking has always been dangerous. He's able to even get in on the ground, find unique ways, utilizing his elbows, whether that's in a 50-50 or whatever it is, to get people and put them out. He's a dangerous striker. But the wrestling component has been exploited by the best of the best. But I can't say that it's it's exploited because it's the best of the best. Hmm. I don't know what to do. Dude. This one I have literally gone back and forth in my head a billion times. I want to take Dan Hooker, but the momentum's not there. I want to take Arnold Allen, but the quality of competition's not there. So what do I do, dude? What do I do? Well, I think what we're going to see here is a couple things. I think Dan Hooker um, is worth a play here. And, and the reason why I think he's worth a play here, and I've made this analogy before, and I don't know if you if you liked it last time, but I'm going to use it again. It's the idea of people uh, in athletics of practicing and competing against people in the offseason or in practice that are better than you. So that way, when it's your game time, you compete at the level you're used to practicing at. So Dan Hooker has beaten all these guys at featherweight. And to, to your point, one of, I mean, one of the wins he has at lightweight is over Gilbert Burns. So Back in 2018, doesn't yeah. matter. It's still over Gilbert Burns. Cause everybody, listen, we, we have to decide how we feel about Gilbert Burns here because you can't say that Gilbert Burns is good one week. And then the next time it gets Gilbert Burns is bad. He's either good or he's bad. So are right. we, is he, is he good or is he bad? He's, he's good. Okay, at, so he's got a good division win. At, at that division. At what? At one fifty five? Yeah, because he got a title shot at one seventy, and he's beating the he's shit good. out of everybody at one seventy. I like him at one. Dude, he's undersized for one seventy. We all know. Doesn't that. matter. He's beating the shit out of everybody except Usman at one seventy. Right. He's good. Yeah, he's no, he's good. He's good. Dan Hooker finished him. I know. Okay, so that being said, Dan Hooker is basically honed his craft against the best of the best in yeah. your words. And now he's going back 
to his old hunting grounds with new skills. And he's going up against a, a young up and comer who has, does not have the same strength schedule as Dan Hooker. Right. This is, this is designed to test one, how good Arnold Allen is. And two, does Dan Hooker have anything left? This is a, this is a crucial fight for Dan Hooker. It is. This really is. This is, this is, is a pivotal moment in his career, whether he wants to acknowledge that or not, he needs to beat Arnold Allen. Um, I like him at plus money. I I I like him at plus money. I, I think he's, he's worth money, dude. He, that's it. That that's exactly it. He will fight for your money. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna try to get it done. The only time Dan Hooker has not fought for our money is in the Michael Chandler fight. Right. Yeah. During headlights for sure. Though that was big stage, which makes me nervous about this fight because <clears> this is big stage because of the geography. Yeah, but that being said, you talk about big stage. Tim talked about it. Um, he uh, the Auckland fight where he fought Felder. It gets no right. bigger than that, right. and he rose to the occasion there. Nah, but by split. But yeah, I thought Felder won that fight. If I'm being honest, I love Felder. I know you love him, but did you think he won the fight? <laughs> no. No, you thought you were you're on no, Hooker. No, I there? thought. Yeah, I was on Hooker. Me cool. and Sal Diamato were in line. Of course, you are. You and you, Sal Diamato and Adelaide Bird are fucking three musketeers <laughs> of bad judging. All right. <laughs> For sure. Main event, Alexander Volkov at 34 and 9, taking on Tom Aspinall at 11 and 2. <clears throat> I I hate matchmaking like this. Um, mostly because we have to talk about it on the show, and I feel like I'm burying the lead here because you guys already know I, I love Alexander Volkov. Uh, we're getting him at plus money here against Tom Aspinall. This line is going to continue to flip flop. Uh, the pricier that Aspinall becomes, and 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 that the juice that gets heavier on him, I love Volkov at plus money over five rounds, mostly because we don't know what Aspinall looks like as, as the fight progresses. Volkov has shown himself to be durable. If we can get this thing into three, four, and five, there's no telling what can happen here, man. There's no telling. What makes me really nervous is Tom Aspinall's boxing is really good. Oh, it's and so we, good. Yeah, if we learn anything about uh, Volkov, uh, well, I'm going to back up. We have always said the same thing. We It should not be – his nickname should not be Drago. It should be Dark Horse. We have always said that Alexander Volkov is the Dark Horse of the division. And we yeah. say that because his length, his reach, his unorthodoxness, um, his power that he does have, his good takedown defense, he's a solid player round and round. And he's a freaking superhuman as it relates to height. Tough right. to close that distance. Right. Tom Aspinall can fight in a phone booth. He's got fantastic boxing. And if we saw anything with the Volkov fight with Cyril gone, dude, the boxing was off. And I don't know if it was just him being off, but he just didn't seem like the dark horse that we once knew. He didn't seem like he was in the fight. He seemed like he was like walking into the octagon for the first time, which made me nervous, which made me think like, man, I know we have a superstition about tattoos and I know he's had this new back tattoo for some time, but I like the Volkov back when he had the manta ray on his back. There was confidence there. He was the dark horse. He was long. He was rangy. Now he has this weird shining armor guy on his back and he doesn't know who he is. It's an identity issue. And I think we're running into a little bit of identity issue. And the question is, Dale, we're big fans of momentum, big fans of momentum. He lost a little bit of himself, a little bit of the Zoolander, like, who am I, Pop? <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. Do we say, hey, he's the, the man ray of yesteryear, or he's this new shining armor of today coming off the loss that he had previous? 
Well, he beat he lost Cyril Gaon, but he beat Martin Tibera last time out. So well, what does that say? Well, I mean, prior to that, he had a win over Overeem. That was I good. mean, you know, I, I I think again, this is so so much of this matchmaking is 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 a test of where the where the established names are and how much they have in the tank versus the up and comers. One thing that people aren't taking into account here is as a whole, the UFC roster is aging quickly. And most of the name value people that we're seeing headline events, whether it be this one or, or any of the previous ones, one or both parties are on the bad side of 30. I mean, professional fighting speaking, which would be 31 and above. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, They need to figure out where these young guys are at and they need to get the push off the names while the names are still relevant. Right. Like that's a thing that needs to happen. So Tom Aspinall has plenty of time. If he goes out there and loses to Alexander Volkov, you know what they're going to say? Volkov, multi-time world champion in different organizations, 50 career MMA fights, so-and-so many career kickboxing fights, fought the who's who of everybody. This is just a test for Aspinall. He's going to learn more than this than he would even if he would have won. He'll learn more in this loss. Um, You know, this is a great thing. He'll be a champ one day. That's the narrative already. It's the Faber effect. I know know that. If Volkov loses, Volkov's cooked. (laughs) Right. He's cooked. He's fighting Alexander Romanov next. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, on That's a fight night happen. card, yep. not even co-main. Not even co-main. You'll get Alexander Volkov versus the Dawkus brother that just lost to um, Derek Lewis next. Hot dog water. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that. It'll be it'll be. Yeah, that's what we're looking at if he it's loses disgusting. this fight. Well, I mean, it, it is what it's where he's at now. He's got to beat. He has to beat Tom Aspinall. Um, a lot of unknowns with Aspinall here. Um, I would say if you're on him, take him outright money line and take him how you think he's going to win. Um, I would caution against finishes against Volkov. He's not incredibly uh, finishable. Uh, ah, God, I, that's so not a word. I know, but I mean. He literally got knocked out by Derek Lewis, knocked out by Vitaly Minikov, um, and then choked out by Maxim Grisham uh, 12 years ago. Right. Outside of that, has not been finished. Right. So a guy that's only been finished three times in his career, I I caution. I just really caution people feeling like Tom, I know his hands are fast. I know he's accurate. I know he's supposed to this next generation athlete in the heavyweight division. Volkov's only been finished not even a handful of times. So just be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to lean on veteran savvy one more time here. One more time. You have my word. You have my word that if Volkov loses this fight, I will not bet on him again. Is it worth it though? It's only plus one ten. It's gonna move. It's gonna move. It's gonna move. Okay. So if it gets like plus two hundred move? No, I don't know. It's gonna move that much. Okay. But we might see him in the plus one thirty range. I'm wait. I'm playing Volkov on Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on when it when the line you know makes the jump and. Um, 
if he loses, I I will I will eat crow handedly um, and gladly, and I won't bet him again. You have my word. Okay, I'm on the opposite side. You're going um, Aspinall now. I have to. You fucking traitor! You're know, such a I traitor. Know, I know. I'm such a bitch. Why would you do that? Because, dude, it's just hometown favorite, wilting old dude. I just got to go with the more young, youthful momentum that is Aspinall. Wow. Aspinall is going to offer Volkov some aspirin. Oh, boy. Okay. Sounds good. I disagree with this. I can't believe you switched sides on me. We talked about that play earlier, and you were like, good, I'm glad. All right. I know. I know. I'm just a little bit of myself. Little bit of contention here on what the net on what the opening fight of the card is, but as it stands right now, it's Muhammad Makhev versus Cody Durden. Durden at 12 and 3, Makhev at 5 and 0. Uh, people will tell you that Makhev's 23 and 0 as an amateur, so just keep that in mind now. That is something that you will hear. Um, wow. almost like the Court McGee substance abuse and Jared Gordon being sober, you will hear about the undefeated, never lost as an amateur, uh, when it comes to Makhev. Cody yeah. Durden, most people are mad at him because he said he was going to send somebody back to China. People got upset about that, thought it was racist in some way, shape, or form. I don't Ooh. know. It wasn't really, I, I didn't really get that from it, but it doesn't matter. Plus 285 here against the guy, minus 350. Promotional debut, 5 0, again, undefeated as an amateur over and around the two and a half year tray. Does the wrestling of Cody Durden p- play dividends here? Oh, dude, who fucking knows, man? This Muhammad guy, dude. Yeah, twenty three and zero, but you're in, you're coming out of Jungle League or whatever the fucking amateur thing is. He's also what twenty three years old. Talking mad shit. Talks dude, a he, bunch of shit, bro. He does. Yes. Oh, I hate that, dude. He what talks he a done? bunch of shit, bro. He's been saying all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff, and he's from Dagestan too. So just keep oh, in mind, he's shit. a Caucasus Mountain warrior. Okay, well, and he's got solid cardio. A Caucasus Mountain Warrior with solid cardio is tough to fade. Yeah. It's tough to fade. Uh, if you're going to play dirt and inject that thing with some Decaderbalin, like I said last week, guys, he's a round one fighter. He's an adrenaline dump type fighter. Round one, Cody Durden, he has an opportunity. He'll come out and try to bang. If not, he'll get a little bit exhausted and he'll revert back to what Dale just said, and that is his wrestling. Uh, but he'll gas out. He has some uh, some cardio issues there. So I don't know about this this Muhammad guy. I know that he's death by a thousand cuts. He's someone that can pepper you from distance. He is someone that has that Dagestanian uh, wrestle lay on you heavy. So the safe play for sure is you know minus three fifty. I guess I don't know. Take a swing at dirty dirt in round one, but I don't, I don't know. I <laughs> did. I don't, dude. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea, man. I I really don't. For me, it's hard to go any go against a Caucasus Mountain Warrior. As much as I love some I good, solid all-American wrestling like Cody Durden, I, it's tough for me to go against a Caucasus Mountain Warrior. Um, the I am I am cautious about the minus three fifty number on a guy making his promotional debut uh, with only five professional fights. I am cautious when it comes to that. I would not be looking to throw him in a large parlay, but this is like one where I would throw it with. Um, Throw it with another sizable favorite just to get something a little bit more low risk at a decent minus number, like taking mock whatever Muhammad and Patty Pimblet, um, right. both both higher probability win favorites, and 
you know, you're going to get that at like the minus 185 range yeah. and then unit and a half plays on it, right? Like two unit plays. Just get that good 20% win. You know, free money's free money. You know what I mean? If it's, it's just take it if you can. Yeah. Um, I'm just not unloading any sort of massive amount of money on, on Muhammad here. No, no. But Caucus Mountain Warrior, bro. Endless cardio, good wrestling, uh, a penchant for finishing fights. Uh, I can't be mad at that. Plus, the guy calls himself the Punisher. So, I mean, there is something there is something to be said about that, right? He comes out with a dead animal on his head. I'm putting my house on it. I don't believe it's a dead. I don't. I don't think he does the dead animal thing. Okay, then no, I don't we'll think not so. put the house on it. I could be wrong. And this is, a, if I'm not mistaken, this would this will kind of count as a a a hometown fight for him because he trains out of Manchester. So he's got a. They'll give. They'll be a. I don't want to say a hometown, but there there will be a pop when they announce him. That's ridiculous. What? No, that's just that's ridiculous. What is? No, I'm not going to dig myself a hole. That's ridiculous. All right, man. If you got something to say, say it. No, that's like if there was a Vegas card and some guy named Muhammad came through the crowd and everyone just went absolutely bonkers psycho. Dude, he's not from England. He's from. Yeah, but he's fighting out of. So. So what, dude? That's his. That's where he's at. Oh, bro. Come on now. So, dude, if I'm from San Diego, California, yep. and yep. I go train over with Darren Till, and they introduce me fighting out of England, I should get a crazy. I should get a yes. crazy standing. Are you, and you're fighting in England? Yeah. Yes, you should get the pop. That's insane. Why you're fighting out of there? You're I'm training not from there. there, though. Big deal. Doesn't I'm a matter. transplant. If anything, I want people to boo dude. me and say, "Get out, dude." We want just the lokes, the lokes only, dude. I don't understand. That's that's. That's weirdly aggressive. I don't like that at all. Uh, Logan says, Patty Muhammad coming in at minus 172. Bam. I love it. What did I say? Minus 185? 172. Slam it. Hey, if all of San Diego decided to move to South Carolina right now, would you it, be stoked? No, absolutely not. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but we're all fighting out of South Carolina now. No. that had, No. Oh, so you wouldn't give me a standing no? If, Bro, if I, just, you guys I, just, came... I just bird lodged you right there. That's lawyer shit. If you came in lawyer. here, wait a second. This doesn't even matter. This doesn't even make sense. You're literally saying if the people from San Diego moved to South Carolina, would I be excited? Absolutely not. There's too many of you people here anyway, and you vote like idiots. So no, I don't want you to, <laughs> to come here and ruin my good state. Well, and we're then fighting two, out of there. Well, if you're coming over here and training for a fight, and then you take a fight here, yeah. then yes, you should get the pop. If 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 you come out, right? Let's say the next conflict event, right? And yeah. they say, now, fighting out of the blue corner, standing 5 foot 11 inches tall, weighing it at 155 pounds, San Diego, California, fighting out of Charleston, South Carolina, a freestyle fighter, Trey, whatever, Van Helsing, Van Buskirk. Yeah. Um, that's your Ooh, new nickname. That's sick. Yep. Uh, you should get the pop. First off, I love that you gave me some height, 5'11". I'm yeah. feeling very sexy right now. I do. I can't, so, my God. Um, no, if a large drone of us came over, though, and we're all fighting out, you'd be pissed because we're transplants. So that's what I'm saying is like, I don't think I, Muhammad should get the I don't think he should get the nod because he transplant. But, you know, teach their own. OK, I understand what you're saying. I just don't agree with it. OK, Nathaniel would take it on Vince Morales. Morales at 11 and 5. Nathaniel Wood <laughs> at 17 and 5. Wood at a minus 285 uh, plus 245 Vince Morales. 
Send them back. Send them back to China. <laughs> that send them back to China. <laughs> send them back. That's crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> look, bro. I I think Nathaniel Wood might be that might be the one to 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 shit the bed here. He might be the first one. I know. I could see that too. I could see it. He gets hit a lot, which makes me nervous. And yeah. Vince Morales can crack. Short notice for Vince, though. I I think that I think that plays in his favor. I know. I know. And he's coming off a win off Lewis Smolka, who we are fans of because of the length and the reach. So yeah. good volume standing up. I just think that dude Woods got good boxing, he's got solid cardio, a lot of volume. And I think that Vince is someone that will sit down on his punches and take a minute. So is Wood going to be able to out pepper him a little bit? Makes me nervous. I think Wood by decision or actually Morales by KO could be a solid play here. Yeah. 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 I'll take that. I'll take Morales by KO. If we're going to, if you're going to get on it, why not? I love it, dude. He, he, dude, he will freaking sit down and throw, dude. Well, I think that I think this. I think coming off a knockout of Smolka is going to have him loving his hands. <laughs> what? You have a smile like you're reading something in the comments, and I can't tell. No, I can't, says, I can't read and talk. I I can barely I read. Yeah, Trey's not wrong. Sean is full of shit. It's true. Is he talking about Sean Strickland? Probably. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> there's there's such a delay sometimes with the live stream from what they hear versus where we're at in the show. Um, right. What kind of gear are you running, Trey? What kind of gear? I believe what, what come on, steroid guy. I think that's what he's asking you. What kind of gear you're on? What kind of what kind of gear am I on? Yeah. Bro, like wait, are we talking about like roids? Yeah, I think so. Dude, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not on roids. I'm so fat. I'm I'm literally I'm going I'm going back to the motherland. Hawaii here shortly and I'm literally contemplating buying a rash guard uh Carlos Philippe one of your favorite fighters yeah uh, that's just my got body released, composition just got released after using steroids so your body composition uh is not an indicator of whether or not you're using steroids you're kidding no that's why he got released yeah because of steroids that guy yes injecting his freaking happy meals maybe yeah, picograms. I like this. I like. I like. I, th- this is something we need to lean into. Is 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 steroids? Trend tray. tray, dude. Yeah. Fuck you guys. I am not on roids. <laughs> God, dude. I'm so anti that. In their defense, you do know the name of every steroid that's out there. I went to college, dude. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I had roommates that were doing things, man. I saw some stuff. Just your roommates. Things, just your, you were George Bush in it. You just I, you you were there. You never inhaled. Yeah, exactly. I'd always get in trouble because I was like in the presence of, but I was never doing said of. Hmm. Well, Trey loves voodoo. What's voodoo? I don't even know what voodoo is. Are you sure? I don't know what voodoo is. Send me the details. Just email it to me. I'll look at it later. <laughs> <laughs> just send me some. Like, here's my address. Gosh, yeah, just, I'll try it out. Yeah, all right. Just, I'll check it out. Let's just get one cycle just to see how it feels. Just yeah, the tip. Just all right, Corey McKenna at six. Corey McKenna at six and one taking on Elise Reed at four and one. Corey, <laughs> Corey McKenna here. Trey is the favorite. She's minus 237. Elise Reed at plus 202. You love Corey McKenna. I don't know. I don't Corey want Poppins. to. Yeah. I, again, I'm not going to. 
I'm not going to step in the way here because there's so much riding for you here and what you love about her that I'm just going to let you have this one and I'll just agree with what you say. So go ahead. Really? Yeah. But it's not women's science. Go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're a big, we're big advocates of team momentum. Mm. And I think we can be on a thing right now where we're going with team alpha male and the momentum. Are we Dale? Is that correct? Sure. Who just came sure. off a massive win over Marlon Marais last week? Song Yadong. Song Yadong Song, bro. Yadong Song. And you done did right because we took the right team. And we're going to done did right in this fight as well because Corey McKenna is team alpha male. You done did right with the wrestling. You done did right because she's got good cardio. And you done did right because minus 237 is a good yadong dong dig dig good thing. Okay, so Cor- Reed is not good. She's coming off a bad loss. This is short night, short notice, dude. She yes, she has a three and a half inch reach advantage. Who gives a fuck in women's MMA? Three and a half inches is nothing. It is nothing, Dale. Well, it's something. I feel it's, attacked. I feel attacked. <laughs> it's feel something attacked. in this fight, dude. I feel attacked. I'm actually going. The wrestling here, because McKenna's striking is not good. I'm going the wrestling, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sweeten that minus 237. I'm going to turn this into women's science because I'm going to take Corey McKenna by submission. I'm not going to do it by something crazy. I'm not going to do it by a Peruvian necktie or some type of arm triangle. Just a nice little rear naked choke right on Elise Reed's back. I see the wrestling component get there, up against the cage, rear naked choke, put it in the books. We're going to snip this and post this because it's going to happen. McKenna wins inside the distances at plus 300, by the way. That is so solid. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, gosh, I can't believe it. I, I don't even know what happened there. You just went You went wild. You blacked out. Do you remember what you said? No. Okay. No. Oh, boy. Jack Shore taking on Timur Valiev. Valiev at 18-2. and two. Jack Shore undefeated. Does the O have to go? 15, 16. What do we see out of Jack Shore? Basically a pick them over and around at two and a half. Uh, I believe that Jack Shore is the one that shits the bed. I know I've said that about a couple of people, but this is the one I've, I've had earmarked going into it. Um, Timur Valiev is good when he doesn't get caught. Um, if he doesn't get caught, he's got all the components. He's got good ground and pound. He's got good hands. He's got great cardio. He's got a sweet neck beard. Um, and he's, yeah, man, he's got an engine that just won't quit. Jack Shore at times um, has looked susceptible. Is that a right? Is that the good word there? Um, the Ladov- the Ladovic Shaolin fight. Um, I thought he could have looked better, to be honest with you. Um, the win over Hunter Azure was a split. So I I don't love his last two wins, um, and I I believe that Timur Valiev has just enough skill here to perhaps derail uh derail him here now if he goes out there and just scores a, a win for the ages man you know knocks him out taps him with something wild i mean you know to the moon with with jack shore but uh i think i think he's got his work cut out for him man timor valley of his no slouch um we talked about him last week with the trevin jones fight um you know again Good hands, good wrestling. Win over Honey Barcelos. Win over Martin Day. Trevin Jones thing, which was a mess. But outside of that, man, I mean, he really 
you're, you know, you're looking at a split decision loss that Chris Gutierrez back in World Series of Fighting. That's really kind of it. So I, I like him in this fight, man. I think he's, I think this is a good test for Jack Shore, and this is a good opportunity for one of these guys to make a name for themselves because whoever wins the next time out, they're going to use this win as the platform for the Very justification good. on their next booking. So yeah. this is a great fight. Good matchmaking by uh, Mick Maynard and team here. I love this fight. I'm on Timor Valley of though. Yeah, I think this is a, a smart play by the UFC because this is the next step up in competition for Jack Shore. This is a this is a big leap actually for uh, Jack Shore in quality of competition. Timor Valley has been around for a minute. Um, he has good striking. He actually has good takedown defense. And people will say, "Oh, that's kind of bullshit." Because when he fought Trevin Jones, Trevin Jones was taking him down. But Trevin Jones is someone that's really explosive. And has the ability to do some unorthodox things. Jack Shore, I mean, you're you're taking split decision wins over Hunter Azure. Like, I mean, the quality of competition is vastly different. But Jack Shore's path to victory here is utilizing his grappling and utilizing his wrestling. He's not going to get it done versus Timor Valley on the on the feet. So I think if he can grapple, he can kind of be like a leech, very wet blanket all over Timor Valley and just kind of smother and kind of do that flowy state on top. He's got a good shot here. He's got the hometown crowd, but I do think that experience, fight IQ, level of competition, and even just the striking in general all falls on the side of Timor. All right, so you're on Valley as well? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Look at you agreeing with me. I said that. I said that an hour ago. I said, "Dude, who's the first uh, European to fall?" Don't listen. Don't let your roid rage start flaring up here, getting this at me all crazy. Insane that I am. I'm being pegged as this right now. Speaking of pegging, Paul Craig taking on Nikita Krylov. Paul Craig at fifteen four and one, taking on Nikita Krylov. Uh, Krylov, sorry, Krylov. That's twenty seven eight and zero for Nikita here. Uh, he is the favorite, the minus 185 favorite over Paul Craig, who is a ranked light heavyweight with a win over John Mahal Hill, who people love all of a sudden. Um, Paul Craig disrespected here? Disrespected, you think, for the Bear Jew? I'm happy you, you said him by his nickname. I think he, he disrespects the Jewish religion, dude. I don't listen. If there's one thing that we can't talk about, it's that. Why? I'm all I'm saying is we will literally do that. That's the one thing we'll get canceled on. No, so one, I'm just saying the one thing Jewish. the world. Go ahead. He's he's not Jewish. I don't think you can say. How do you know that? Jew. How do you know whether or not he 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 practices he practices Judaism? I don't know. Is it listed on his stats or something? I don't know. I'm just saying. That, listen, <laughs> there's. Did you? I, I I'll give you Sweden. This is a news headline from today. Okay. Just just because it's relevant to what we're talking about, Sweden just announced that they will be. Uh, canceling, foregoing, closing all religious schools, religious-based curriculums in the entire country. Whoa. So no more division between church and state? With, with the exception of Jewish schools. Whoa. So if the entire country can cancel every other religion but that, I'm telling you right now, the one thing that you can't talk about is whether or not Paul Craig is actually Jewish. That's fair. People will get in their fucking panties about that. You can say, I don't care what else you say on the show. I don't even care that you're talking about it, but I'm saying for the longevity of this program, just leave yeah. that alone. Okay. It's, it's, it's left. It's left. Yeah. Um, Paul Craig submission. Yeah. Right. Dude. Nikita fucking gets submitted by everyone. <laughs> he does. He does, dude. He does. Yawn submitted him. Blahovitz, dude. Dude. Yawn's got crazy subs though. No. Come on. 
No, he doesn't, dude. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Nikita got subbed by Jan. He got subbed by Misha Serkinov. He got subbed by Ovin St. Peru. Um, yeah, man. And he got subbed by Vladimir Minchkino right. twice. Craig by sub. Wow, he's a plus 162. That's I honestly, insane. there's a couple things about this, right? Um, is that I think that um, I think that Craig gets damaged in fights. His striking is not good, right? It, it, it's not good at all. Um, so my concern is is that if Krylov has just enough defensive wrestling and keeps his arms in tight he can beat up Paul Craig because Paul Craig's not going to beat him on the hand, like with the hands, it's right. going to be, it's going to be some sort of ground exchange that gets Paul Craig to victory here. Yeah. And the, and the one thing with Paul Craig too, is he's not even big on initiating takedowns. He kind of wants you to come to him and then he sort of just not like pulls guard, but he sort of initiates the, 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 the function that causes the, the scramble, that causes the takedown. Right. And then he gets offensive because he's so big and he's so long. And he and obviously grip strength and everything's through the roof. Um, if Krelov is just the right level of defensively sound, he should he should beat Paul Craig pretty handedly. I mean, Paul Craig, for all intents and purposes, is a one-trick pony and it's sub or bust. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see the minus money on Krylov. Um, I don't like Paul Craig enough. At, uh, it, I'll say if I like Paul Craig at, at money line, I might as well juice it and play him by submission. For sure, he's not going to knock him out, and he's not right. going to win. He's not going to win a decision over him. So yeah. if Paul Craig's going to win, it's going to be by submission. So just take if you're on the Paul Craig side, just play Craig by submission. Yeah. There's no point in taking smaller plus money. No, no, we're all about big things here. Yeah. Yeah, big things, big plays. Oh my gosh, I like this. Papa, Papa Chuck, screw Van Helsing, Van Buskirk, Impetrago, oh. Impetrago. That's good, dude. That's good. Yeah, it sticks quite literally. Oh my gosh, that's good. This has not been this. The, the chat has been unkind to you tonight. What's going on, man? It's been tough. Well, apparently I'm on steroids and I'm always rocking in Pataigo. <sighs> I'm a You good? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm All good. right, man. I just want to make sure you're okay. We gotta okay. we gotta do a we gotta do a, a best friend check-in. All right, two more fights. Let's get through these. Shamil Abdurakhimov at twenty and six, taking on Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich at fourteen and one. He's a big favorite here, Trey. Minus three hundred taking on Shamil uh, at a plus two fifty. I know Pavlovich hasn't fought in a long time. Shamil looked like dog shit last time against that one Dawkus brother. Got it was got every ounce of spit knocked out of his mouth and everything in between. Uh, do we think Pavlovich can return from a long layoff and, and re- repeat the same here, bro? I, I I'm being dead serious. Yeah, and this is what I love about our podcast. <clears throat> can't remember these guys to save my life. Oh, okay. Yeah, can't remember, and I didn't do show prep for these fighters because I don't know who the fuck they are. Wow. Okay. So that's a big hey, thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I did I do three hours of show prep for this show? Did you do three hours of show prep? Not three hours, no. Did you do any show prep? Yeah. You did? Yeah. When did we start doing that? I do show prep every time. No way. Yes. 
what's this whole I'm an encyclopedia. I don't have to do any show prep. I haven't been doing show prep since we started this show. Now you're making well, me feel lazy. Well, no, 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 that that is my that is my show prep. The fact that I watch every fight and the fact right. that I have near photographic memory when it comes to these things, I am literally just downloading files into the database. That is the show prep. So what all I need are visual references. So like I have when my tabs are open, my ta- like I've got um, I've got the bout order tab, I've got the betting line tab, and then I usually pull up uh, like the last two or three fights that a person has. So that way I just I have them because once I can like remember the chain of events, I'm pretty good yeah. to go. Yeah, but I think I think that's my question though is. I also watch a lot of fights. I don't have a photographic memory, but yeah, we've had we've been called out before because we haven't done tape study. Oh, 100%. I don't Did watch do any. I don't, there are there are there are less than I've watched thousands of fights. There's probably less than fifty fights in the history of the sport that I've watched more than once. Okay, cool. Okay, well, I just want everyone to know if you're a new listener of Punchless MMA podcast. We don't do show prep. So when I say I don't know who these fighters are, I genuinely forgot who they are. And I'm going to be blatantly honest. That's why there's two of us, a photographic memory and a guy that drank too much cut water. So Dale, proceed. Yeah. All right. So the last time you remember Sergey Pavlovich is when he sent Maurice Green into the unemployment line. That's the last (laughs) time you saw him. Big, huge. um, Some would say possible – like you and him would have some things in common, pharmaceutically speaking. A lot of people right. would think that. Um, he, he's a very large man. Uh, and he's taking on uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov. If you remember, like I said, visual clues here. Fought the Dawkus brother. Got all the spit knocked out of his mouth, remember? Uh, yeah, prior yeah, to that, yeah. lost to Curtis Blades, right? You remember this guy? Yeah, I remember him now. Big, yeah. big, hairy, gigantic head, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty much... That's, that's who you're dealing with here. So... Abdurakhimov, very bad lateral movement, very bad forward movement, um, basically looking to uncork a right hand on you um, and try not to get hit too bad. Sergey Pavlovich, big athletic guy, but he's kind of like a young giraffe. Doesn't really know what to do with his limbs. Not as very, mm. not very fluid, a little awkward, a little flaily, uh, but he's massive. Like he's just right. a very, very large Man, probably the most physically imposing person on the card, um, all around. Right? Uh, he he is just he he's a specimen. Um, six foot three, you know, eighty five inch reach, and just taking every inch of that or every ounce of that heavyweight limit. This is a fight that will be ugly. Um, over under on one and a half is there for a reason. Uh, Pavlovich early, Shamil late is what you're looking at. Um, Dude, check this out. Polovitz, since 2017, yeah, no fight has made it into the second round. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just a bit... He's he's very... Think about if you blew Terrence McKinney up to 260 pounds. Yeah. And just said, go. <laughs> That's got to play the under one and a half then. Sure, let's do it. I love it. Under one and a half. I, I actually, I'll I'll give us a little bit more breathing room. No round three start. Wow. Okay. That's so it gives us first like, and second round. That's that's got to be like minus two hundred. Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. 
Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. That's safe. Fight won't start round three. Minus 225. Wow. I'm going to use that as a parlay piece. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I love it. All right. Featured prelim. Mike Grundy taking on Makwan Amir Khani. Amir Khani at 17 and 6. Mike Grundy at 12 and 3. This is an interesting matchup, Trey. I like this fight a lot. And I think that there's I think that there's real value on Makwan Amir Khani here. I, I think you would be remiss to sleep on um Makwan's chance to win this fight. If you look at Mike Grundy, he's coming off back-to-back losses to Mavzar Evluev. And Lando Venata, he needs to win this fight, man. He really does. Makwan, I understand, just lost. He got knocked out by Lerone Murphy. He lost to Kamawella Kirk. He lost to Edson Barboza. But in the Lerone, the in the Lerone Murphy fight, he looked really good right up until he got knocked out. Like he was winning that fight and then got knocked out immediately in the second round. Yeah. I I, I don't hate that. I, I don't hate a, uh, a Mach 1 play here. Mike Grundy's lost two in a row. It's a two. It's Your featured prelim is a guy that's lost three in a row versus a guy that's lost two in a row. I know. I know. I know. But the thing that makes me <clears throat> worried about Mach 1 is he's not only been losing, but he's been losing in somewhat devastating fashion. Yeah. And you wonder, what's that chin looking like, man? That thing's got to start to go. And I think if it doesn't, I don't want to call him chinny because he's not. But I will say – there is a hesitancy factor that we're not playing in here. And I wonder how hesitant he is going to be going into this fight Uh, with Mike Grundy. He's someone who does not have a good cardio tank. He's got that old school wrestling style, which you and I both love. It reminds me a lot of like the Mark Madsen type type style where he'll do like fireman throws and like old school wrestling. Yeah. Me, me likey. But what does that do? Drains the cardio tank. So he does not have a good cardio tank. So I think Mokwan coming in here, being a little bit maybe reserved because he doesn't want to get clipped again in the first round, and Mike Grundy going all balls of the wall trying to wrestle, I think Mokwan has an opportunity in the later rounds to overtake and utilize the better boxing and possibly better cardio to get this thing done by decision. So I don't I don't mind the, uh, uh, the Mokwan play at all. The back, back, back. I don't know if cardio is the, the strength, but I do believe I believe the submission threat is going to be there, right? If you yeah. get these guys that are old school wrestlers, catch wrestlers, they lead with they lead with their head on their takedowns. And a lot of guillotines and a lot of anaconda chokes from the Amir Khani side. Um, I'd like to see him reverse course here. I think he still has a little bit of fight left in him. I wouldn't call him chinny at all. Um, obviously, he got knocked out by Lerone Murphy, but... You know his two losses prior to that were decision losses. So I'm not I'm not putting him on the chinny train. I believe that he I, I believe he'll fare well here against Mike Grundy, and I think he's worth a, a small play. I think he's worth it. I'm in it. I'm in okay. it. Okay. All right. As always, guys, we're just talking about it on the show, but on Saturday we will release our official plays on our Instagram and Twitter. So if you don't already follow us, um, please do so at Punchlist MMA everywhere um that's where our official plays are going to will come out if you want to follow along from a unit perspective if that's something you guys are into and i've noticed that some of you have started making the migration over there's a website called betmma.tips uh one of the things that you guys asked for last year was that we third party track our plays not sure why that was so important because all of our stuff is literally saved forever in the annals of audio and video but you asked for it so we've started doing it i try to keep up with it as best as i can um so though 
that is there. Um, so feel free to follow us, uh, follow along there. There is leaderboard. Um, admittedly, because there's a leaderboard, I now want to be on the top of it. So um, <laughs> inherently, I feel challenged. Uh, so I need to I need to make sure that we're at the top. Um, so that's what we'll we'll be doing. Um, but in the spirit of transparency, because our goal this year was a 70% accuracy rate. And that still is the goal for people that have, that have asked us that. Yes, that is a tongue in cheek way of asking us why we've been sucking so bad, but we haven't been, uh, we've been winning consistently. It's just not by the margin you're accustomed to. If you've been listening to the show for two years, uh, yeah, you can follow us along or follow along with us there. Trey, you got anything else? Dale, do you mind if I read uh, Liam's message while you pull up top countries real quick? Yeah, I mean, so to it, I don't mind. Um, Ooh, a little pushback. Well, I just think maybe I don't know if we should have asked him if he was okay with us sharing it or not. I don't. I'm gonna. Um, I'll, I'll improvise. I want to say this, guys. We first off, if you are messaging us on Facebook, um, I'm a. I apologize. I don't know the password. <laughs> So, dude, please. I please, always forget that we have Facebook. Please, if you don't have Instagram, I'm sorry. If you message us on Facebook, you're probably not going to get a response because I do not know the password. Yeah. Um, for those that are messaging on Instagram, we love it. Um, we got a message from Liam. Shout out Liam from Australia. I will say the message brought joy, joy to Dale and my heart, uh, saying that we were a, but not favorite podcast. We were a podcast he listens to. He made great money last week. It made us really excited. Guys, we are very active on social. So please give us a follow. Please, if you watch us on the live stream, if you watch us following this, even not even live, hit the like button, share it, comment it, do whatever you can. Our podcast yeah. is growing and growing and growing. It's indicative of the amount of countries that download us. But that is all because of you guys. Dale and I don't have two cents to rub together to put together for an advertising strategy. It's all through you guys, all through organic. And we love it. Dale. That's true. That's true. You're absolutely right. We do not. <laughs> oh, we should probably pay the bills that we do have. You oh, know? shit. Oh, God. Here, I'll put the banner up. We should probably pay the oh, bills man. that we do have. Um. Yeah. No. So I mean, listen. We 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 wholeheartedly appreciate um appreciate everything you guys continue to do and continue to do for us. It it, it does not go unnoticed. It, admittedly, Trey, I have I'm having a a difficult time here. Um, finding the the top country list. It's all good. I got. We, no, we I've got it pulled it. up. I've got it pulled up right here. I got okay. it. Um. It just right. it makes me it makes me feel really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just you want to go through all of them? You want to do the no, top countries, do, or you want to do, do every country? Let's just do top fifteen. You want to do more? Top twenty. Let's do it. Fuck it. I'll just let, I'll just name them all. Ready? All right. Obviously, obviously, go. U.S. Uh, U.S. was number one there, but then we've got the Canada. We have the Canada. We have, we have Canada. The oh, U, Canada. The U.K. Australia, China, New Zealand, South Africa, the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Belgium, Russia, Czech Republic, Italy, India, Kenya, the Seychelles. That's not a joke. I swear to you, the Seychelles are on there. Denmark, Switzerland, and Norway rounding things out. So great. Seychelles, dude. Yeah. So I, we did get a request. Um, uh, a, we have a longtime listener that hit us up. And he's located in Nova Scotia. Right. Now, 
he wants to know uh, if there are any other people out there that listen to our show in Nova Scotia. Now, I have no idea if there is or is not because it just lumps everything up as Canada. So I, oh. I, I don't believe that people in Nova Scotia would agree with that, but that's where we're at. So huh. um, I will say this. We do have – it does give us a, like these markers – where downloads are taking place, like almost like pins on like a serial killer board. And there is a, there are marks up by, uh, what is this? What is this town? It is north of Churchill. So mm. if you are in Manitoba and you live north of Churchill, there's people there. So shout out Churchill man. Downs. That's all. No, I think it's different. I don't think they're racing there. So I don't think that's where I don't think that's where it's at. All right. Appreciate everybody that continues to tune in. Thank you so much. If you haven't done so, find a way to support the show. Um, best way to do that is you can go to either one of our show sponsors, stateclassymeats.com and use promo code FIST. You can save 10% site-wide. Or you can go to leadsclothing.com, use promo code PUNCH. You can save 15% everywhere there. So I appreciate all of you guys very much. Uh, guys, gals, everything in between. Uh, ones, zeros, all this. Uh, appreciate it. Be good to each other. We'll see everybody next week. Hey, bang, bang. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.